1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's
2: over! And the Giants have won Super Bowl Forty Six. When
3: New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always
0: live on the free Odyssey app.
3: that great. My automobile is a piece of crap. My fashion sense is a little whack and my friends are just as crazy as me. I didn't go to board in schools. Preppy girls never looked at me. Why should they? I ain't nobody got nothing in my pocket. I'll kind of back on the fan and while you were sleeping. Man, we've been talking about a lot of different stuff. Babe Ruth. We broke down Babe Ruth. No, we started the show talking about The Mets releasing Darren Ruff, and now what? Their lineup is still not good enough. Problem solved, right, Mets fans? You wanted Darren Ruff out, he's out. Well, there's a lot of work to do still with this team, a team that is basically the same team from a year ago, at least offensively. And we know that they lost Edwin Diaz. That is a major blow. But offensively, where are the Mets going to improve from where they were a year ago? And that was a big... Talking point early on, and obviously a big question with a team that has World Series aspirations, Uh, Diaz was something that separated the Mets from the Phillies, the Braves, or some of the teams in the National League. They had an advantage over everybody else with their bullpen because of Edwin Diaz. Now that they don't have that, their lineup is not good enough to compete with those other two teams in their own division, and they lose their big advantage. No, they're built on pitching. Scherzer, Verlander, sure. Let's see what those guys can do. Anyway, you know, the Mets going into the year are not as good as they were going into last season. And that's a problem for a team that was trying to build on a 101-win season and get better, go further than what they did a year ago. As for the Yankees, you know, you could say similar stuff. But the Yankees did try to upgrade. You know, look, Volpe at short. Ideally, he's going to be an upgrade over what IKF was. And, you know, Boone is talking up Donaldson like he's going to have a big bounce back year. Harrison Bader was supposed to be their center fielder. Carlos Rodon was supposed to be their number two guy. Those guys will be back eventually, maybe early May for each of them. But for now, there is no improvement from the Yankees either, where it's basically the same team, if not worse, going into the season. That was a big talking point. The baseball teams, as we are two days away from opening day. Also, we discussed Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, Joe Douglas, Odell Beckham Jr., and all that that brings. And I think the Jets, well, look, I've loved their offseason. Douglas is not going to break here in this trade, in these trade talks with the Packers. He will get their deal. Uh, You're probably going to have to give up one of those number twos and, and some more, but I don't think they're giving up a number one. And... I also don't think the Jets are caving. I never felt that that was going to be the case and then after watching Douglas speak yesterday, now I know he's not caving. No chance he backs down. Anyway, you also mentioned how it would be nice to have an explosive playmaker like Odell Beckham Jr. where there is legitimacy there. The report came out last week about uh, you know, the Jets having real interest in Odell. That was by Connor Hughes of SNY.TV, or at least that's where I saw it first. And the Jets, you know now you could hear it in Joe Douglas's voice. And we also talked about the comparison with Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, how people are saying that you know the Jets should have gone after Jackson, and it's ridiculous. Rodgers is the better quarterback. He fits the Jets better right now. I hope Lamar gets what he wants. Uh, I'm excited to see him with a new team. I think it'd be better for the league if he stayed in Baltimore, but if he wants to go somewhere else, I'd be excited for it, whether it's the Colts, whether it is the Patriots, who seem to be the odds-on favorites. But it it, it would not have been a good fit for the Jets not right now Rodgers is the answer and it's irrelevant because Rodgers is coming here 877-337-6666 Maury calling from Belmore Maury
4: good morning Sal how are you
3: great Maury what's on your mind this morning
4: I can't agree with you more I think both teams are going to be just as Probably not as good as last year. I, as a Yankee fan, I like what we did with Volpe. I think it was a great move. He deserved it. But the pitching, the batting, the outfield, we just going into the season, I think both teams might not be as good as last year. So let's not get too excited, but I'm excited. This is almost 40 years of, of going to a home opener, which I'll be on Thursday. Then I go down to Miami with my son and my dad for the Miami Met game because his fraternity is having like this big thing. So it's going to be a really cool weekend with – me, my pop, and my son.
3: For, so that, cool. That's awesome. 40 straight
4: uh, opening days for you? Almost 40 straight years. I was 13, so, yeah, I'm an old man Tremendous. Guy now, so, and, I, and then I got this guy over here who saw Babe Ruth. Hey, Sal, I could hit, let me tell you. Yeah, right.
3: right, exactly. No, but
4: yeah. Uh, the, other, the other point is, uh, like I said, I think Donaldson or both teams will be much different when it comes – before the playoffs, there'll be some trades. There'll be more bullpen pieces. I think both organizations will be making some moves just to make a nice run. So yeah. that's where I'm
3: at. It's, it's weird. And, and enjoy, Mori. That is an awesome benchmark. There, forty straight years hanging out with your your dad, your son, uh, going to the ball games. And man, I love baseball. Baseball really is the best. But it is odd how we get worked up over the opening day roster and make such a big deal of it. When we all know that the reality is, whether it is from poor performance, injury, you know, trade, whatever, like the the teams are, the roster will be totally different come October if these teams are fortunate enough to make the postseason. So why get worked up, which is also kind of my point yesterday about Darren Ruff. Why are we getting worked up about Darren Ruff? Why would anybody care that much about Darren Ruff? Hector is calling from Washington
4: Heights. <laughs> You're a funny dude, Sal. You're a funny dude. And so we, since we are giving rebuttals, let me start with the rebuttal before you get to your rebuttal with the moaning guys. Because when you hung up yesterday, you said, that I need to get my headpiece fixed so that I can hear you. And I told you privately, I heard you just fine. <laughs> I didn't want to listen to you, buddy, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to listen to what you had to say at the moment. And not only that, you got to understand. Sometimes, not only me, but as call us callers. You know, we got a couple of things we want to get to, and we never know when that take is coming. You know what I'm saying? So, there's certain things that you want to get in, there, and you know, I know I admit it sometimes I'm guilty of not <laughs> letting you get in, but just because I want to make sure I get in because you have the power. That is and true. Then you hang up, and you make it seem like I'm this Vogelback fan, which I'm not, and you know that. But at the moment, this is my thing. And it's probably not fair. It's probably not fair, Sal. But Barry Ruff, to me, was the face of last year's failure. And you know how upset I was after last season. I didn't want to go into this season with anything bringing me back to that. To that
3: anger that hurt. But, okay, but let hurt. me ask you. I, I understand that, and I think you're bringing up good points, but let me just ask you, why not look at Vogel back the same way? Because those guys were kind of no, 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 tied no, no. together.
4: I do. I do. I do. But Ruff is the guy I, I like. I, I knew he was the guy that they, if anybody they were going to let go, it would be him. Um, And I, I, I don't know. He, he just had to go. For me, he just had to go. I cannot start the season with Darren Ruff on the team. But don't get it twisted. Not only Daniel Vogelback, Eduardo Escobar, both of those guys are in my sights as soon as the season
3: starts. <laughs> oh, they're exactly. gonna get in, they're gonna get in the crosshairs. Look, Escobar oh, won the crosshairs and
4: but, it just depends on who's
3: gonna who is gonna land on
4: first. You know what I'm saying? Depending on how they start out, because you know I was on a fan of Escobar all season. And people can talk to me about September all they want, he had a great September. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And what helps them is he's a nice guy. You watch these videos of him, and you you know you enjoy them, and it's like, oh my goodness, how can you root against this guy and everything? So you want him to succeed, but more than it, wanting him to succeed, I want the Mets to win. That's what I care about the most.
3: Do you think not- that they're better right now going into the season than they were a year ago?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a tough question.
3: I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to answer it, that. It, it, it bothers me, but I don't think that they're better. There's
4: bad. A, lot, a lot of questions. Like, even the, 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 the rotation is quick, You know, Senga's a big question mark. I don't know what Kodai Senga is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes, it sounds like he can be a good pitcher, but there's also things that worry you about him, like his control and stuff like that. How's he going to adjust to coming here? How's he going to adjust to pitching every five days as opposed to only pitching on Fridays? So that worries me. You know, there is, I'm not as worried about um, Max as everybody else is, um, Who's worried about you know, Max? I'm sorry.
3: Who's worried about Max?
4: Everybody. Do you know? People are expecting this guy to break down. All you hear about is how he had the tight arm the last two seasons, and you can't count on him.
3: Oh no, I'm not, not worried about. Scher- I'm not worried about Scherzer at all. I mean, I'm if you're. Wor- I'm not yeah, either. Okay. Well, we're, I mean, I, I didn't but, know this. This is breaking news to me that people are concerned about Max Scherzer. These are
4: the. I here, but, you know, maybe I, I'm too involved in some of these things sometimes.
3: Yeah, stay <laughs> off the Twitter, will you?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sal, another thing, man, because I kind of lost my train of thought. I said, before I try to get it back, if I do, I don't, whatever. But you've been kind enough. Mary Buckman's hoodie. High hoodie with a nice style of cotta, I love him. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you offer me one of these uh, worthless baseball
3: classic hoodies? Well, like I, ha- I had that I know I had that I knew you wouldn't want it. I had that made on Friday. It was kind of like a, a last minute thing.
5: Hey, what
4: what did you say? Did you wear this on um, BNY or something? I missed it. Thank goodness.
3: That I said what?
4: Did you wear it on BNY? No, no, you- I
3: wore it. I wore it. I did the show with Keith on Friday, and I wore it here.
4: Well, that's right. Okay, okay, yeah. We didn't get to see that. Thank goodness. Thank you, SNY, for not televising that, even though I was bummed out on Friday, but I'm glad I didn't see it now because I had seen that sound and I was trying to get through the well, Oh, you, you guys saw it things.
3: somewhere. I mean, you weren't stalking me in my walk from my house or the drive over here, so, so I- you saw it somewhere <laughs> clearly. What? You mentioned
4: it. I oh. Didn't see it. You mentioned it a little while ago, and I was like, what? You actually made <laughs> I know you had said you was going to do it. Yeah, the video was oh,
3: tweeted okay. out there on, uh, on our social Sorry, media. Well, I'm, glad I I'm glad that didn't come across my phone because yeah. I- it
4: wouldn't have been done. I don't want to see that. That's now. a nice
3: hoodie, as a matter of fact.
4: So no opening day for you, right? I was also surprised when you entertained opening day because when I asked you, you told me you were working
3: and you weren't be able to do it. Yeah, I, I don't but, think, I don't think that I. And thank you for the call, Hector. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, unfortunately. There's just no way logistically. Like those are important shows to do for SNY because I'm on after the Mets game. Those are huge audiences, so I, I don't want to miss that. As the host of Baseball Night New York, you're coming on after the post game show after opening day. I got to be there. So, even if I went to the game for two hours and left at three, I still think that that might be pushing it. So, no opening day for me. Maybe, maybe April 8th, but that would depend on, that's that Saturday. That would depend on two things, weather and wife. And one could be nastier than the other, if you know what I'm saying. One could be a little more challenging to navigate than the other. man, if my wife ever heard this, she'd kill me. Uh, Kenny is calling from Baltimore. What's up, Kenny? Um, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm pretty good. Okay, two comments. Um, I want to talk about Ripken's
6: streak. And also, I want to refer the Mets won the World Series because of something you said um, about resting guys. First, I want to start about Ripken. I want to talk about, briefly about the 69 Mets because I read a book about them. Okay, Cal Ripken, his streak um, almost every year that he had the streak, the Orioles were out of the pennant race in September, uh, except for one year. It was one year in 1989 they were tied with Toronto, you know, and they lost. Ah,
3: uh, the Kenny, I, I I'm sorry to interrupt. I got to stop you. Uh, I I don't care about the details of it. Is there a point to this, or are you just trying to educate us all on the details I'm, of? of... I'm, I'm, no,
6: it's just 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 something a point that that. Except for the one year in 89, it didn't cost the Orioles. You had
3: mentioned that the streak had cost the Orioles. Oh, no. Cost- yeah, Marco, EJ, we talking about a little bit where he, his poor performance maybe would cost him. Okay, so your point was that it didn't cost the Orioles the streak. Okay, that's awesome. I'm glad you clarified that. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Ripken at all for the streak. I know he wasn't maybe playing at a high level if he was banged up, but I still respect the Iron Man. What's next?
6: Here's just a fascinating fact about the 69 Mets you probably didn't know about is the um the manager of the Cubs was a guy named Leo Gerosha, I'm mm. sure you heard of him. Yes, I have. Interesting guy. Um anyway, um he played the same lineup every single day the whole season. And Gil Hodges platoon. He was like, you know, like Buck would do. He would, mm-hmm. you know, would bring guys in, get right, rest guys and all. When uh, September came, the Mets were like five games out of first, and the Cubs were dead tired because they used the same lineup every single day, they weren't fresh, and they had a bad September, and the Mets were healthy because they rested everybody. So the other point you made was very good, that it's very important that you rest your guys, even your stars, even the, the best stars in the team, because you want to fresh in September. So that's, that's the story of 69 Mets with the Cubs – Leo DeRosha burned them out and they were tired and they had a bad yeah. time. And um, Gil Hodges platooned everybody. I don't know if you knew
3: that or not. No, I, I didn't. And um I'm not sure if I did need to know that. But I do appreciate the info and, and you taking the time to call Ken and, and educate us all uh, on that. Look, nowadays where the sport has gone, it is clear that they want, and, and it, it is just. I mean, it's smarter. I know the old school in me, rub some dirt on it, get out there, go play. There, there's. I still have that part of me. However, it's foolish. I mean, that's stupid thinking. Why wouldn't you want to protect these assets and keep them as healthy and as fresh as you possibly could going into the most important games toward the end of the season? No need to go pedal to the metal from April to you know September. And then have guys worn out before the postseason. Which, by the way, is even more remarkable if you think back on some of the postseasons that guys used to have in the 70s, 80s. I mean, obviously before that as well. But when these guys were playing every single day. And they didn't wear down. It just makes sense. You know, I like the way. But but it makes sense to a certain extent. One of the things I loved about Buck and the Mets last year was that they ran out a consistent lineup. You knew where guys were going to hit in that order. Occasional changes, but you knew the lineup. The one thing that drives me a little nuts about the Yankees, although I understand why they do it, one thing that drives me a little nuts with it is it's all over the place. It's never the same lineup. Guys batting all over the order, different positions. Yeah, It's all over the place. And that's by design, because they want to keep players fresh. They want to give them rest. But the old school me just likes, I, I like going, I like knowing what you're getting going in, where well, you could predict the lineup, you know, depending on the starting the starting pitcher for the opponent. You know what lineup you're going to see. Call
0: from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. There's joy in every journey.
3: The fan is better when you're part of it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports.
0: Visit Superbook.com. Salicotta
3: back on The Fan. I'm going to a... I guess the premiere, I don't know if it's a premiere or a showing of um, that Nike movie. What's the movie called, DJ? You know the name of that movie with Ben Affleck? and uh... no,
7: I have got the name of the movie, but I've seen the trails.
1: It looks really good.
3: Yeah, so I'm going whatever the name of the movie is. I'm going tonight uh, with an invite. Air, thank you, Fleegs. The movie called Air. Um, you know, I actually got invited to it to go. I did not ask to go. Someone reached out to me. Actually, my good buddy, Jimmy Trana. he asked, would you be interested in going? I said, eh, possibly. Normally, I'd be like, nah, I don't want to do it. I got too much stuff to do. Please leave me alone. But I do want to see that movie. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm hanging out in between anyway, in between shifts. Maybe we'll go see the movie. So I'll let you know how that is later on tonight. You know, they he asked me to go similar to what happened with the New York Islanders. Where, contrary to what you may have heard on the morning show yesterday, where it sounded like both Boomer and Gio made it sound like, and by the way, Alan Scose as well, made it sound like I reached out to the Islanders because I was leeching on to Geo's contacts at the Islanders, which is just a flat-out lie. The Islanders, Jay specifically from the Islanders, who is a great guy, as Geo said, that was one of the accurate things, from that segment yesterday's morning show. Jay is a great guy. And when Gio took me, and by the way, anytime I've told the story about the Islanders being in the owner's suite and all that, I mean, obviously it wouldn't have happened without Gio. He brought me, the Islanders had no idea who I was. Gio brought me as his guest into the suite. And then I do think some people there maybe knew who I was, and one thing led to another, and then I'm getting ripped for, you know, putting on an Islander jersey and all that stuff. Anyway. So I left that night and said thank you so much, really appreciate, I had a great time. And then they insisted, oh please let us know when you want to come out again. Take your nephew, you'll know, come come bring your nephew to. It wasn't like, hey Sal, um, you know let us know when you want to come to the game and bring anybody you want. And I was just like, yo, what's up with that contact? Can I go to the game and and bring someone? It was specifically for me and my nephew. But they asked me, I did not ask to go to the game. So, what am I supposed to do? Say no? Of course I'm going to want to give my nephew that experience. Like the best uncle ever, I took him to the game. That's all. And I did not I was not aware that I needed to check in with Gio to make sure that it was okay. I'm not trying to steal his contacts. I mean, look, I think Gio's doing well for himself. You shouldn't be worried about what I'm doing with uh, you know, with going to a, a silly islander game with my nephew. If, if, I mean, I honestly just didn't even want to bother him. Like, well, what, what would I, I've mentioned it on the air that I was going to go. What am I going to reach out to Gio and let him know? Hey, by the way, just want to let you know, like, like I'm dating his ex-girlfriend or something. I had to have that conversation once with somebody and it wasn't easy. Hey, by the way, I'm happy, uh, I happen to be dating your ex-girlfriend. Maybe you heard. No, this person does not work here, but it was uh, at another place of employment. Ah, what the hell, I'll tell you it was. Jonah Schwartz. We used to work together at SMY and I started dating this girl that I had no idea he used to date. And I was telling the story of who I was going out on the first date with at MLB.com one day when I was working over there and there were some mutual friends that Jonas and I had that were working at MLB.com. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going on a date with, with this girl. And I showed the picture and like, what? That's Jonas's ex. I was like, what do you mean it's Jonas' ex? I am, I'm excited about going on a date. I was like, all right, well, I'm still going, so screw it. And then eventually after multiple dates and then we were going to a wedding together that was going to be, you know, with Jonas was going to be there. I was like, I, I, I mean, I got to bring this up. So I was like, hey, man, you know, maybe you heard or whatever, but I just wanted to let you know I'm dating this girl and bringing her to the wedding. And it was no issue whatsoever, but it was an awkward conversation. So anyway, was I supposed to have that conversation with Gio? Like, yo, dude, I I know you are the one who got me into the owner's box, and I'm obviously appreciative of that. I've mentioned it every time I've brought up the story. Is it okay? Like, they asked me to go to the game. Is it okay that I go take my nephew to the game? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. They asked me to go. But believe me, I am not, I did not reach out to them and nor will I be reaching out to them. Don't need to go. experienced it. It was great, both with Gio and the other night with my nephew. And I am not an Islander fan. And again, I didn't ask for anything. They gave my nephew a jersey with his name on it. Did same thing for me because I didn't wear my jersey there. I'm not doing that. But if they want to put me on the Jumbotron and, you know, have me in a jersey, I'm going to do it. I was very accommodating and a good sport, if I must say so myself. I will say this. They're 0 for 2 with the Jumbotron. And I don't know if that inside joke went over too well. I was okay with it, and I get it. I think it would have worked better if Gio were there, obviously. If... I ever happen to get invited back again. If I happen to get invited back again. And if they ask to be, you know, ask me to put on a, you know, want to put me on the jumbotron and ask them, I'm okay with that. I will make sure that the proper video is being shown next time. Because if you don't have me yelling at one of those idiot callers, you're doing yourself and the fans a disservice and me, of course. Anyway, it was a great experience, but I was not leashing off of anybody's contacts. Just to set the record straight. They asked me. Unlike Boomer, by the way, who is a huge Rangers fan and supposed to be a man of the people, right? You know how many times I've gotten invited to a Ranger game? Or my nephew, my young, diehard Ranger fan, nephew, hockey player, nine years old. You know how many times Boomer's invited us to a game? Zero. Zero time. And I'm not asking for a ticket. I don't want it. I'm just saying the Islanders were gracious enough to invite me and my nephew. Booms, on the other hand, doesn't even know I exist. Unless, of course, a picture is posted of me in an Islander jersey. But let's not get it twisted. Yes, I wore an Islander jersey. Yes, I was on the big screen. I sucked it up for my nephew. I did not ask to go. They invited me, and I'm thankful that they did. Believe me. And you know, the one weird thing, you know, last time Gio and I went, we took a picture with Podvin and it was weird for me being like, oh my God, this guy, Podvin, like, you know, I grew up as a Ranger fan chanting that he sucks. Podvin's in the suite the other night and he recognized, he didn't know who I was, but he recognized my face from last time. He's like, oh, we met before, right? And I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm Sal, whatever. Saw you last time. And he says hello to my nephew. You know, I raised my nephew. One of my proudest moments, I swear to you, one of my proudest moments as an uncle was in the garden. I think it was his second game in the garden where without me pushing him or teaching him, I mean, he knew, I told him before we went to the game. But he knew by the second time he was at the garden, he knew the chant on his own. And without me saying anything, the whistle went out. I turn to my left, and he gives a little, Potvin sucks. And I was almost in tears. Fast forward, you know, two years later, a year later, here we are on the Islander suite, sitting next to Potvin himself. My nephew doesn't know what to do with himself. And then when they let us go down on the ice, because that's you know, I guess a thing that they do when they have you in the in the box, you if if they ask you you could go down and watch one of the periods on, you know, the 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 glass whatever, the front row down by the ice. So of course we went down there. They go, okay, Sal, you'll be going with the Potfin family. I'm like, what? The Potfin family. And by the way, they're very nice, but think of that, how crazy that is. I've been chanting Poffin sucks my whole life. I'm teaching my nine-year-old nephew to chant Poffin sucks. Here we are in the Islander suite, hanging out with Poffin and his whole family. Because the Islanders invited us. And I'm very appreciative that they did. Thank you, Jay. And thank you, Mr. Ledecky, for again being a tremendous host. And by the way, Gio, I'll have you know, and I texted you this, and I'll say it again here. They asked about you the whole night. And cannot wait to have you back. They were saying, oh, both you guys have to go back for the playoffs. We'd love to have you. Tell Gio. So you have an open invite. I mean, geez, just text Ledecky. I don't have that. And I'm not going to leash on to that. 877-337-6666. Let's get back to important matters like Cal Ripken. Eddie's in Dallas, Texas. What's up, Eddie?
2: Hey, Sal. How you been?
3: Good, Eddie. How are you?
2: Yeah, you know, pretty good. I was going to get into that uh, Cal Ripley and the urban legend thing, but it looks like it's pretty much gone through its documentation here on the network. I yes. Was, was reading up, and uh, I can assure you, from what I, oh, I understand, having worked in the industry that it was true. But uh, I'll tell you what. So I'll flip things all the way around, and I'll get into uh, your versatility and talent and uh, and obvious enjoyment. For doing a show on your own overnight, huh. and uh, and be thrown around the network into hosting with this one, that one, and the other one. And I'm going to limit it down to two, although you can say whoever. I think that just for the audience, I think it'd be kind of cool to know who's your who's the favorite guy that you host co-host a show with when you are put into those situations. Is it is it Jerry? Is it is it? Uh, 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 Boomer's uh, uh, co-host. Uh, Geo, Geo, just... yeah. Yeah, um, or who, anybody else. Is there anybody that you actually enjoy your time uh, being on the air with? I will than... say,
3: well, see, with Jerry and I, it's different because I've worked with him so many times doing games together with, um, with Columbia. So I don't know if it's... Fair to compare. Oh, like, Jerry's like an older brother to me. So I love working with him.
2: And what but, do you mean by doing games at Columbia, by the way? You guys
3: play-by-play? Yeah, Jerry together. Jerry used to do – and thank you for the call, Eddie. Jerry used to do the play-by-play for Columbia, and he had me um, – he brought me on to do the color back in 2010. So we did many games together, both football and basketball, for, gee, several years. I mean um, – probably eight or nine years together, something like that. So it was very cool to be able to do shows together on the fan. And doing a show with Gio was a blast because that's something that, I mean, we used to live together for a year in Astoria. I think we did two shows together last summer, I want to say. And that was really fun. So those two would probably be my favorites. Now, I'm not trying to knock anybody else. I've done shows with a few other people here. I don't even remember, geez. And now it's been so many. But those two in the morning during that time slot on that show with Jerry and doing with Geo have, have probably been the most fun for me. Rockwell is calling from North uh, Miami Beach. What's up, Rockwell?
2: Hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Long time. How are you, Rockwell? Not too bad. Um, are you over the WBC thing now, or are you still um, getting calls about it? Because
3: no, you can. I mean, I, you can talk about it if you want, but I mean, we haven't really. It, it's over now, right?
2: Um, I went to Nicaragua versus Venezuela. Mm-hmm. It was intense. I went to USA versus Cuba. I went to uh 6 playoffs for the Mets and the Upper Deck. The WBC is way more intense. Way more intense.
3: Oh, for you. I mean, I, me personally, I it, it could be, I, I just don't care about the result. You know what I mean? Like, didn't you, you care about, the, which one did you care about the result more?
4: Oh, the Mets,
3: of course. Oh, okay. So the then Mets, that, that's okay. it. Then you just answer the question, right? You know All what right, I mean? Because well, there's care there. You sure, can, of course. Yeah, we it's see. it's like cool for the country thing, but when you invest 30, 40, however old you are, years into your team, it's a little bit different. Actually, it's a lot a bit different. You
2: think he has gets back uh, by September? No chance. No chance.
3: No chance. I hope you're wrong. All right, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I mean, I hope I'm wrong too. Thank you for the call, Rog. Well, I hope I'm wrong too, but I doubt it. I mean, I've been wrong before on other things. This one, I don't think it's it's not like. I mean, they said eight months. Do the math: April, May, June, July, August, September, October. I mean, you're talking about even if it's six months, he's not coming back. He's done. He's done for the year. That's it. We have to let the, for those of you, and I know there there are a few who are thinking, "Ah, you know what, maybe if we make the postseason, maybe he can pitch. No, it's not happening. I don't care what kind of routine and diet they got and regimen they got uh, going on for Edwin Diaz and I know Cohen has spared no expense, try to get him back healthy. Not happening. That's a season ender. Even if he came back by some miracle in six months, or was ready to pitch in six months, you think they're just going to throw him to the fire in postseason games when he's been out of it all year long? No way. Unfortunately, it's over. Now, you want to really put my jinx to the test? Edwin Diaz' season is over. Now, if he comes back and pitches this year, I'll believe you all. I'll blame me for the division last year, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sal back on the Fangotal 5 a.m. the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. Isn't it weird, though? It is funny. I know sometimes people call, oh, hey, you know, you and Boomer, do you hang out? Like, no, I've basically I've maybe seen Boomer... I've been here 20 years. I've maybe interacted with Boomer hmm, three or four times. But yet they could go on the air and blast me for with an inaccurate story and say that I'm leeching to go get the Islanders tickets. Oh, come on, that's not nice. And I love Boomer. I love Boomer Jill. Truth be told, those guys have been huge for me. Like I understand, and it is not lost on me, without them playing back some of the clips from this show, or anything like that, I don't get nearly as much attention, if any. So I am very appreciative of that. However, I do have to clear the story up a little bit. Uh, again, I know we exaggerate for effect, but come on. And Boomer, and, and, how come the Islanders can invite me? You're my co-worker, 20 years. Or parts of 20 years. I'm a diehard Ranger fan, like you. You were out there fishing with your buddies a couple weeks ago. I'm in here in the trenches talking about Patrick Kane. The Kaner trade. Diehard Ranger fan. My nephew a Ranger fan. And you're going to get on us for wanting to go to a hockey game? To see your son-in-law? Hmm. Who would have thought? Eric is calling from Ron Conker. What's up, Eric.
5: Hey Sam, good morning. That's, that's funny stuff. You know, the—I uh, mean—that is a sweet deal. I mean, you can't turn something like that down. The only—the only issue I had with it was that you couldn't give them a damn goal. Come on. Yeah. You know.
7: Well, but, I mean, uh, I'm a, <laughs>
3: uh, I went there and got the shutout, baby. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah hey, but next the next time. By the yeah. way, next time they pull a stunt like that on the uh, on the jumbotron, I'm going to rip off the Islander jersey and have my Ranger jersey underneath. That'll get oh, the boy. crowd going. Yeah.
5: Well, yeah, you, you might. Have, it's good
3: to get in because you probably would have been slimed, considering. Was <laughs> <20 days. laughs> yeah, no, but, no. It was, it was um, a great, it was a great time. I, it's, it sucked that they didn't score. Uh, obviously, big win for the Islanders last right? night against the Devils. They're going to make the yeah. playoffs. Uh, they'll get in the playoffs. We'll have all three locals in the postseason.
5: Yeah, Devils are struggling a little bit lately too. So
3: that's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Rangers cool. they, might catch them. Hey, the Rangers could catch the they, Devils and get home ice get here. Yeah, they play Thursday, yeah. right? So the. Rangers have uh, a game yes. tonight, and then I think Thursday against the Devils at uh, at the Rock.
5: I believe so. Yeah, is that what they
3: still call it, the Rock? But yeah, uh,
5: I, yeah I'm not sure. I haven't been there, so that, uh, I think they do. But um, you know, and just uh, you you were asking the the, uh, the couple shows you did with Gio were leading up to the game that we went to for the Mets. So because he was quizzing you as to who. Was oh going right, with
3: you. yeah, we had a lot oh, of yeah. fun. Honestly, that was fun doing yeah. those shows.
5: Yeah. So. Um, Look, you know, I brought it up in the past, uh, and and you mentioned it yesterday, and a little bit before. I just find it kind of funny as far as with the Mets, the you know, a couple of years ago when it was leading into being able to have the DH, and for everybody, all the you know, both leagues that we were looking forward to, all oh, you know, this person would be the perfect DH for the Mets. You know, when it comes around, you know, Dominic Smith mm-hmm. at the time because Alonzo was improving his first base and everything. And who would have figured that that so, so far that's been one of our biggest issues of obtaining one?
3: Great point. You Everybody know? thought the Mets yeah. would benefit the most by having a DH. It turns out they can't figure out how to take you know, advantage of or, it. Yeah.
5: yeah, right. So uh, it's just kind of funny uh, as I'm sitting here delivering a couple of daily news to a certain person. I promised them here. All right. Um, but uh, – let throw that. There we go. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm not going to shed any tears about Ruff being let go, but, I mean, clearly there's some other issues that they have to address. And and my thing, because I know I asked you about Epler yesterday, uh, being that you had a chance to kind of pick his brain a little bit, uh, I'm still going to kind of judge it quite a bit as to what happens at the – or by the trade deadline this year. Because I, I think that's going to be a huge determination as to how he's looked at uh, by, well, quite a few people.
3: You know, no, it will be. I mean, there's no question. I thank you for the call, Eric. There's no, the Mets are going to have to upgrade this team. This is not a World Series winning team right now as currently constructed. It's just not. So as much as I want to believe that, as much as the expectations have been raised, the payroll being the highest payroll, it doesn't matter. This is not a championship team right now. And they know it. Steve Cohen knows it because he said the final piece was Carlos Correa. Well, that piece went away. And then they since lost another key piece in Edwin Diaz. So they need another bullpen arm, a legitimate arm, and they need at least one more bat, maybe two. They're good. They're not World Series winning good. I don't even know if they're division winning good right now. Not that division. Big Ed is in the Bronx, Big Ed. Big Ed. Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Big Ed? What's on your mind? I'm good.
7: I'm a Giants fan, but I'm you know my dad watches Jets, and he's been getting on me a little bit about this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, and, and I mean, I'm like, it's been what has it been like three weeks now, and this thing hasn't got done. I mean, I don't know if it's going to get done. I hope it does, but you know, a lot of a lot of friends are telling me that the Jets should kick the tires on Lamar Jackson, and I'm like, I don't know about that because to be very honest if you look at it even though it would be a i guess consolation prize but the reality is is um it, people that watch football if you're looking at it from a fantasy football standpoint cuz Lamar Jackson that type of that type of quarterback doesn't win super bowls you can look back and i, I say it all the time um, if you're gonna win, you're gonna win it with
3: Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, Rodgers way. is the best. Look, I I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I love Lamar Jackson. I worry about his health holding up. I worry about his style of play. There are still question marks about his ability to be just a passer in a pass-heavy offense. Yeah. You know, whether the offense uh, was restricted in Baltimore, they never let it loose. Whether it's the weapons, still we haven't seen it with Aaron Rodgers. I know there are no yeah. restrictions. So this is this is the best fit for the Jets right now to go out there and try to win a Super Bowl this year, potentially next year. Aaron Rodgers was the guy.
7: Yeah, I think I think at best, um, you know, if you looking going forward, I think um, if you get him for two years, the only thing is, is what do you do after that? And like, I don't know if you can even bring back Dak Wilson. If you have Aaron Rodgers for two years, then you're going to have to pay him.
3: But... Yeah, well, you don't. They're not going to pick up the fifth year option, no matter what. And who's going to pay Zach Wilson? You know, it's a it's a little That's... different story, like with Daniel Jones. Where if Jones hit the open market, you know, maybe there would have been significant offers out there. Nobody's going to want Zach Wilson.
7: Oh, can I ask you something really quick on the Knicks? Mm-hmm. Um, and just I'm looking at the East, and I'm saying. A couple few years ago, you saw Milwaukee come out and Milwaukee actually won a championship when they shouldn't have. If things break right, do you think the Knicks can actually get to the Eastern Conference Finals?
3: I don't. If you asked me this three weeks ago, and thank you for the call, Big Ed. If you asked me that three weeks ago, I might have said yes, if things break right. the The way that I was phrasing it a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago now was that why should we be putting a cap on what this team can do or how far they can go? Because it's always like, yeah, all right, there maybe they can make the playoffs, maybe they'll win around, and that's it. But there was a point where they were rolling and looking good. You know, they, where they beat the Celtics without Brunson, they were looking good. And I'm thinking, why, why cap it? Like, okay, yeah, we know the reality. The odds are they're not going to go beat the Sixers or the Bucks or the Celtics in the second round. But why should we put restrictions on it or limitations on it when, you know what? Anything could happen, and at least with them, they've got a puncher's chance. But after watching them as of late, you know, I'm concerned about the health of Brunson here. they got to get him healthy. He was out again last night, quickly went nuts for 40 points. You know, Knicks beat the Rockets, which they had to kind of restore order and get a a win here, especially at home, against the lousy team, which they did. And they will end up being the five seed, and they'll end up playing the Cavaliers. But if if Brunson's not healthy, forget it. If Brunson is 100% healthy, then they have a chance, a chance to beat the Cavs. I can't sit here comfortably and say, if things break right, they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals. E. Frank is in a story. What's up, E. Frank? Hello? Uh, I guess E. Frank is not with us. Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to get down to it now with the final push here for both the Knicks and the Rangers and, you know, obviously the Devils, Islanders, and Nets, you could throw them in there as well. But this is going to be an exciting time of year. I mean, you got the Knicks, whether we think they could win around or not, they're going to be in the postseason, and that's going to be intriguing. Rangers have a legitimate chance to go out there and win the Stanley Cup matter of fact they may be facing likely facing the Devils in that first round so Rangers Devils I mean it doesn't get much better than that And of course opening day just two days away with both you know the Yankees opening up at home against the Giants on Thursday afternoon and the Mets four o'clock on Thursday in Miami as they get going. This is the calm before the storm. Because it is about to be crazy, the fun kind of crazy, over the next several weeks with all these teams, you know, the five winter sport teams, Knicks, Nets, Rangers, Devils, Islanders, all in the postseason, likely all in the postseason, and the two baseball teams with World Series aspirations getting their season underway. It's a great time to be a New York sports fan. Alright, that does it for us. We'll be back again tonight slash tomorrow morning at midnight once again for the five-hour show. Thanks to EJ for all his help throughout the course of the morning. Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who listened and called. We appreciate each and every one of you. See you a little bit later on. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry and those leashes. That's coming up next.
0: Sports Radio 1019FM.